Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we have another... uh, infuriating episode of Downton Abbey to watch um infuriating yeah I mean I I thought this one was cray (laughs) (laughs) it was cray it was so crazy um, it was definitely more entertaining than the last one which I mean it's which I I mean the show is not supposed to be entertaining it's supposed to be dramatic but and and (laughs) yeah and we already know how sad and dramatic the last episode was but um but yes, I've, this this episode was crazy. Yeah, like I wa- I've been I got stars so that I could watch Downton or sorry, um, Outlander recently, and I've read the Outlander book, so I know what's gonna happen. But it's just like every bad choice these people make, every stupid choice that's just boiled down to communication issues, it always gets me. It, I, I just can't. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't watch Outlander anymore. <laughs> I I think the only reason that I can watch it is because I know it's going to happen. But I don't know. Like, it's still aggravating, even though I do know it's going to happen. I'm still like mad at these people for their choices. You know. Yeah. Um, but that's you know, it's the way it is. So, anyway, let's just uh, begin this as we always do here. Right there, we are. <laughs> there you have it, Downton Abbey. And uh, Emily can hear it just ever so slightly because I put my big <laughs> headphones I was... over my AirPods so she can sort of hear it. I was just getting like little dings here and there, here, here and there, <laughs> here and there. Um, I I barely heard any of that. Um, but I've I've heard the theme song. I I know what it's supposed to sound like, and. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's good. It's it's it, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Yeah, so anyway, uh yeah, I guess we'll just continue on here. I've have got the um sound down. Um yes. we have Mary pushing <laughs> pushing old Matthew in, in there in his little wheelchair, um, who can't feel his legs yet. Yes, she takes him on a little walks around, probably to you know give him some sun, give him some, give him some good old vitamin D, because um, <laughs> he's very depressed and he needs very, he very really much needs some sun. Like this guy is just 
the most depressing guy in this episode. It's it's so sad. Um, I do want to say that uh, uh, the show really needs to be more careful, especially on Amazon, um, about which uh, pictures they they put up for their thumbnails because. I what? kind of know what's going to happen in the next two episodes because of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's something very, very, very minuscule. Like, um, like I don't know if, <laughs> if you want me. I mean, and, and something happens in this episode, um, I, like, where it, it kind of tells you what's going to happen. But uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there um, when, when we... It's towards the end of this episode, but I just wanted to say that uh, be careful. Don't 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 look ahead and uh, don't read future summaries of episodes. I and definitely don't, uh, don't don't do that. I don't, I don't look at thumbnails. I know better, man. I I know better not to do that. Um, um but yeah. Matthew is uh, reflecting on uh, he you know he's uh, talking about William, you know, saying how great he was and how uh, how William should really be here and and not be dead because he was. He was a great man who, who uh, pretty much like sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's very brave to uh, to to help Matthew and uh, to get Matthew to where he is today, mm-hmm. which is alive. Yeah, alive um, and sad. So he just he's just being a little a little mopey boy. We get to see this like outside part of Downton here, where it's like a little um, kind of Greek inspired outdoor space with just, like, a facade in front of a house, basically just, like, a little triangle on top of pillars situation, and it's just kind of sitting out there, and that's a major character in this episode. (laughs) And I don't know if we've seen it before this. I just... Never. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Um, And and we pass that and hang out there quite a few times this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, welcome. Welcome, Greek facade. Welcome to Downton so, Abbey. Then we have um, Robert talking to uh, Sir Richard Carlyle, who is evidently visiting Downton. And he is like, should I be jealous about Matthew? Mary clearly is very sweet on him. And, you know, the fact that Mary is engaged to him, and now he sees every other man as a threat. And even the lame ones, because she clearly is still in love with him. Well, and I'm assuming he he knows about their their past that they were almost engaged. Probably. I'm assuming, yeah, something like that. Do you see this this shot? I love the shot, the cute little doggy, um, little little Chet down there. He he's staring. <laughs> Isis. Isis. It's a girl. I know. <laughs> she uh, uh, how about princess? She's she's probably staring at, in this shot at. Duchess. Yeah, Duchess. Staring at the animal trainer. Just, like, waiting. Like, she's, like, completely stern. Like, this animal trainer's probably trained her just to sit. And they they were like, we have one shot with this dog. You gotta make this work. And this dog's just sitting there. Very patiently. Like a good girl. Yes, this dog is not acting like a dog. (laughs) I know. I thought it was a statue. And then I was the, like, the dog didn't no. even move. And then it kind of moves his mouth a little bit. Like it kind of like swallows. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's bit. fine. <laughs> uh, so Richard Carlyle um, was talking about uh, buying this house that the Russells have had. And apparently the Russells lost their son in the war. And so they had to move out. They just like didn't see the reason to continue having it. 
Um, yes, he's not only there to see Mary and, you know, to probably to get to know the family, um, but he, yes, he is there to buy real estate, uh, his future home with Mary. And he wants to basically kind of gut the whole thing and make it so that, like, it's way more updated, like an updated house with every room having a bathroom, you know, and, you know, every bedroom and having indoor Instead, like, heating, heating or and, something? Yeah. yeah, plumbing, electrical, everything to be up to date, which, you know, that's... If you had a lot of money, I would do that, like, totally. Like, the reason they can't do it at Downton is because it's, like, a historical inherited home. You can't really do a lot to change it. Um, it especially Robert doesn't want to because, you know, he, he can only do so much. But Richard yeah. Carlo's like, we're going to take this um, dingy fixer-upper, which we see later is not a dingy fixer-upper at all, but okay, and, it's like um, a fucking, it's like a mansion. It's, it's like a even more luxurious than Downton Abbey, and they're like, it, yes, it's it a is extreme. <laughs> it is not a fixer upper. Like it is, it is standing. It's all four of its walls are standing. Yeah, <laughs> like you can move into this house. I was picturing completely. like where Ethel's staying, where it's like. With the baby, yeah. it looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> Where it's like some two by fours, like just very shittily, like nailed together. So we hear uh, Mr. Clarkson, Dr. Clarkson comes in and says that there's this Canadian um, major that requested to stay at Downton because he has an uh, relation. He has a relation to the family in the house, and he and would they, like they to hear be... the name Patrick Gordon, and they're like, "All right." We don't know who he is, but sure. Yeah, sure. It's so it's so. But weird you'd the think way you'd think when he arrived that that all of them would have been there to to greet him. Um, ex but it's only Edith. Like I don't understand why no one else went and talked to him ever. <laughs> it is odd. I mean, they have like other stuff going on. I suppose. Um, you'd think that Robert would go and talk to him. Like right, like at, at least, least Rob, like Robert has nothing going on. Day. Why wouldn't Robert have gone and talked to him? Yeah, I'd be like, so how do we know each other? You know, and we'll, we'll yeah. find out a little bit more about that. Um, O'Brien in this episode, we're going to be getting down to the servants' quarters here. She annoyed me even more than I think many other episodes. She was just the most nosy bitch the entire time. <laughs> it was horrible. I don't. I actually didn't take much notice of O'Brien this episode. Just, I mean, yes, she she was she was nosy, uh, but that's not really much than what we're already used to. Um, I really didn't take much notice of her. Um, she's saying to. I'll just play play what she has to say here in this uh, this place. Um, because we have the new Lady Jane um speaking directly to. Um, Mr. Bates and to um, Anna and O'Brien there yes. in the they're eating. Yes. I've never worked in a house where a valet and a housemaid were wed. It'd be unusual. I agree. Hope it doesn't break us up. Having you two set apart in a home of your own all special while the rest of us muddle on for ourselves. You sound as if you're jealous. <laughs> I'm not jealous. I just don't want it to spoil things. Why? Because we've all been such pals until now? <laughs> so good. And then we have Daisy coming in, and she kind of clinks some stuff down. She's wearing her black band, and everybody stares at her. 
Yeah, I don't really get... I don't really get what um what O'Brien was saying. Like, why would them getting married spoil things? Like, I don't... I think, like, people might get ideas. Just because things will change. Like, like, maybe the servants will get so jealous they won't treat them the same or something. They'll be like, well, how come they get to live in their own little place? Like, how is that fair? And it's like, they're married? Like, they shouldn't have to live with everybody else? They have... They're going to share a bed, you know? Like... It, it's just different. So they're going to get, like, a little cottage to live in. Like, a you know, probably mm. one of those small cottages that Matthew is renovating or whatever. True. You know, True. just, like, on site, not very far away, having a place to live independently. And I think just, like, O'Brien's just being stupid. She's just being mean. She's always mean. She's like, well, you know, it's just not fair. It's just not the way it should be. <laughs> It's like, wow. Well, just because you guys get your own house because you're married. I know. She's, she's horrible. Okay. Oh, goodness. Um, then Cora is talking to... Uh, Cora and uh, Violet are talking to... Um, Isabel. Isabel about uh, her role going forward and Downton's role. Yes. Cora's talking about how the soldiers will be leaving um, because they're all, you know, getting better and they're going to be ready to leave soon and, you know, head home. And the war is kind of reaching its end. Like, there, there's rumors going around that that it's it's nearing its end. And Cora's like, yep, well, it's going to be nice having the house back because uh, everyone will be rehabilitated and uh, and going home. And Isabel, Isabel annoyed me in this episode. Yeah. Um, because she just immediately starts saying that, like, why don't you keep Downton being useful and not being, like, just a big waste of space is, like, what she was <laughs> yeah. trying to say. Like, why would you kick all of the soldiers out, um, which Cora wasn't doing. She was just, like, you know, when they were ready, they were going to leave. But she's, ha- she's like, soon, she- like, she's been stressed out. She's been really busy. Like, I would see why she would be relieved to have the house to herself again. Um, yeah. But Isabel's like, why don't you keep it some sort of, what was she suggesting? Like it be, like for classes? Like she yeah, was... she wants it to keep being a real rehabilitation center, I think, and like to to be, I guess yeah, maybe classes for the community. I think that's what she was saying. Like, yeah, because when she meets with Violet later, like not jumping the gun, she talks about like cooking classes or something or or some some classes yeah. I, i'm not quite sure but it, like the um, recreation center basically like she yeah, she wants basically. it to become like a place like like parks and rec <laughs> like a basically like and, a park <laughs> and, and she's like oh i'll run it i'll run it don't worry like i'll run it it's like this is not your house isabel <laughs> Like, yeah. you do not get a fucking say. And Cora and Violet are like, oh, okay, wait a second. Like, this is not what we want for Downton, and you don't really get to say this, you know. Um, so I think it's just a, it's just a matter of of uh, positioning this. And then uh, Violet talks. He's like, well, what about you, Mosley? What do you think? Like, she tries to, like, change the subject. Why does she keep asking Mosley? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like... <laughs> I think she's just trying to get another um, point of view here to, like, put put it on to, like, to support her idea of things. Because, like, Mosley is going to be supporting Lady Grantham, but he just kind of comes back with these, like, quips that aren't for either. They're just kind of, like, well, fate will Yeah, decide. there's, like, very vague, like, <laughs> yeah, sayings. Really, 
know. like he's just like oh i'm just glad to be here <laughs> like, yeah, it's just... i'll do anything that she wants basically yeah. he's like i'll do anything i'll work for her as long as i can basically that's what he's saying the the only thing i'll say is that you know when cora says you know I, I give people work which like yes that is a thing that downton does for people but um i i can definitely see how you know because of the war and because of what happened during it um like, things will definitely be changing. Like, society will be changing. I, I feel like places like Downton, like, will, and, you know, having maids and servants and stuff, like, I mean, that 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 stuff could really all be changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, The, the nature yeah, Isabel, of it is changing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Isabel had no right to even suggest that. And, and the fact that she's so pushy about things is just annoying. <laughs> Super annoying. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then we have uh, the the member the the major Patrick Gordon who comes and he is wrapped up in bandages. He's kind of in the dark. Edith sees him looking at some photos of the family here. Um, yes. He's, he's clearly he's, he's, he's giving me real like Phantom of the Opera vibes, and it's, it's oh yeah, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy. It's it's definitely alarming because like obviously burn victims are. Um, tragically disfigured and um, he definitely is and so he's like oh Edith you know I don't want you to you know I'm gonna kind of frighten you and she's like well I've seen a lot of bad things here and he comes at her really quickly and into the light and she gets a little bit flustered by his uh, appearance and then so she's like well you know we found somebody named Gordon and our distant cousin and he's like well that's not it and um I guess I'll just let me just play a little bit of it because it's this aggravated me so much because he doesn't just come out with it. He just like doesn't say anything to her. So I'm just going to there are there are a lot of yeah, there are a lot of things wrong with this whole situation that we'll just have to dive into later. As I say, I'm hopeless. I, I thought you'd recognize my voice. But, uh, of course, I sound Canadian now. You mean we've met before? It was a long time ago. Edith, I need you. Well, that's it. Like, he doesn't even explain who he is in this, so we're, like, left in the dark for now. Um, I know. I have, I, have, I have lots of thoughts about this, but I'll, I'll wait for a bit, for a bit mm-hmm. more to happen, because mm-hmm. it escalates... It escalates Very quickly. a lot. I, I it escalates and then de-escalates, yeah. and I have a lot of thoughts about it. So uh, we'll just we'll just keep on going. But um, yeah, and, it's a little uh, fishy. It's so a speaking fishy to me. speaking of some some heavy thoughts here, uh, Jane, the new housemaid, is talking to Daisy about how she's she needs to take her money, her pension that she's going to be getting from marrying um, William, and she's like, yes, you know, I she's still in her complete. This was a lie. I should not take it. It was completely something that I will feel selfish if I take this money. And then Jane's like, he married you so that you can have this and be taken care of. And she's like, well, you know, I don't want it. So she's just she's just being very, very stubborn about it. And Mrs. Patmore's like, this is what William wanted, so you should just deal with it. And she's like, no, he... You all made me a liar, and it'll be false to his memory. <laughs> She's so stubborn about this. It's just... It's... 
It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. We, we did discuss it last episode, but it's just more of that. Um, then uh, Mr. Carson is just visiting Carlisle. I mean, this, this can pretty much be summed up in a couple sentences. He just wants to offer uh, Mr. Carson a job. Um, because obviously Mary really respects and loves Mr. Carson. So, yes, it's like once I buy a beautiful house, it will be much bigger and much grander than Downton, and you will yeah. get paid. A, you'll get paid a lot more money. So you should just come work for me. Um, and he's like, "That's a lot to ask of me. I love Downton. I don't even know you, and I hate you." Um, so <laughs> I know he doesn't even like him. I'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, because like, no I'll wait one and likes see. him. You know. <laughs> I'll wait and see what if Mary says anything. Um, whatever. Like, I, yeah. Carson's... He didn't say no, but he definitely didn't say yes. Yeah, he, um, he's not excited about having to leave. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, He exactly. would be a lot happier if it was, like, if if Mary was marrying Matthew, but... So then oh, um, Violet is talking to Robert and Cora, and, and they're just kind of like, you know, the the choice of household to buy is not a good one. He should get a different house. I guess it's just like, I don't know. They they think it's too much or they think it's ridiculous that he wants to like fix it up or something like that. Um, I don't know. Where else are they going to live? <laughs> they got to live somewhere. Yeah, I mean, Robert's, Robert's still stuck on the fact that he wants to make all those changes to it. And, and he's like, well, Cora doesn't, doesn't agree with me. She's American or something. And she's like... It's like, I don't know, you have to, you have to know that I don't, I'm not as comfortable as the way you, you Brits are. I don't know what the hell she said. Like, it just, yeah, this, you know, the it, whole conversation was just useless. Yeah. <laughs> just Then they talk about Isabel. Now they're talking about Isabel and they're basically yes. like, we got to figure out something for Isabel to do. We basically have to put her on a different project that she can care about a little bit more than having Downton be... A place for everyone. Yes, instead of just straight out telling her no, and that this isn't her place to even suggest this, they say, we need to trick her and make her think that she's going to work on something else. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> Which is ridiculous. It's dumb, it's but like, it just... also works, you know? Like, I mean... I mean, it does, you, they but, They like... know her. They know how, how steadfast she is about stuff and how aggressive she is about things, so... I think it kind of works. True. You know, like they're like, yeah. we know her personality. We know that the only way she's going to be swayed is by something even more enticing. Um, yeah. So then we're just talking with Mr. Bates and Anna. And obviously, Mr. Bates is like still worried about getting a divorce. The judge has not ruled it a divorce yet. So they're, they're not sure. And of course, O'Brien's like, not sure about what? And it's like, well, you gotta butt in. This is not your conversation, O'Brien. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, O'Brien's just really trying to, to just be in all the business. And Jane very quickly and nicely changes the subject and, you know, asks Thomas, who loves talking about himself, um, you know, <laughs> about what his plans are once the war's over. Because, again, that, that's the hot topic. It's like, oh, the war's gonna be over. Um, Do you think that the writers just didn't know what they wanted to do for Thomas at this point or because he doesn't answer he says I don't know <laughs> I've he doesn't so. but then like they kind of put yeah let's just kind of continue and see what what kind of happens um Mrs. Patmore kind of brings up like the black market and you know because rationing stuff uh, like rationing um things that people want mm -hmm. um and 
getting a hold of that and selling it for a high price, I think. So they're just like kind of trying to they kind of bring up that. It's kind of weird that Mrs. Patmore's like willing to join up with somebody like Thomas to um to to work on the black market with. Like it's so silly. <laughs> you know. It's just like it's so random. And it is. It doesn't come up like, again in this episode. So really? I think next ep- to next episode we will find out more about that because as we know the war ends in this episode. So yeah, Ms. Um, well, Thomas does bring it up a little bit later mm. while he's talking to O'Brien. Okay. Um, oh, right. But we so, have, uh, yeah. Mrs. Hughes is again bringing more food to Ethel. I don't know why she's gone on for this long. I don't know either. Like, she's really helping her. It's like, can you just, like, like let her be? She needs to drop her, dude. I know. Like, she's not going to be able to do anything herself. She does say that she's, like, going off to get, like, work a job or something, and I just don't know why, like, Mrs. Hughes helps her so much. Like, I just... I really don't know, because she legit hates her. Like, I don't, yeah. like... I mean, I guess it has to be just, like, sympathy. Like, she just really feels bad about her situation, and, and now she's just she's just too deep. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how... And Mrs. Hughes doesn't seem to be the type of person to, to just let you push her around like this or just to you know get she's a very strong lady like i don't know how she got put in this sort of situation like it's just it's just decisions like we the fact that this kind of stuff happens make me think that i don't know anything about these characters because they can just (laughs) turn around and do something completely different in the next episode like completely out of character and i'm just like do i even fucking know you (laughs) just blame the writers man that's their fault Dude, I am. Every episode from here on out, I'm going to blame the writers. Um, um, but Mrs. Hughes has been caught. Carson was right there behind her. She closes the door after Ethel leaves. And he's like, gotcha, bitch! And, um, and yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what else happens there. Um, now we're moving on. Uh, what's happening? Oh. Uh... Robert has to go to a luncheon by himself. And he's, like, again. moaning and groaning about it for some Like, like another, like, useless conversation <laughs> that gets us nowhere. Like, it's just... Yeah. What was that even? Um, uh, they were okay, that they're looking at the house. house. Yes. This house is just... The molding. I just want to throw up. <laughs> like, this house yeah, is it's, crazy. It's very beautiful. It's so pretty. It's disgusting disgustingly gorgeous like it's it reminds me of of chatsworth house when we went to chatsworth house yes but like way grander like (laughs) way yeah the white walls and they just like keep looking at it like it's a fixer-upper and it's like (laughs) what's and that's just annoying um Oh, and so they're looking around. They're talking about furniture. You know, she's like, what are we going to do about furniture? What are we going to do about paintings? And Carlisle's like, well, just we'll buy them. And she's like, well, but you buy them. We inherit them. And, you know, whatever. Just still bringing up their differences. Um, And, um, you know, she's like, I got to get back to Downton. And, you know, Richard's starting to get a little jealous. He's like, you know, why do you need to go back there so fast? Like, and obviously she wants to She wants to see Matthew. Give give Matthew his daily walkings. Yeah. Yeah. and you know Richard. R- Richard's feeling it. He's uh, he's a little jealous. He's getting a little jealous. And he, you know, he kind of holds that over her later in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. So then we have Carson telling Mister 
or uh, telling Cora about Cora. giving giving the food to Ethel. And um, yes. she, of course, is kind of sympathetic. Obviously, she's not going to be, you know, mean about this, um, which is nice. I like that. Um, but she's basically, I, I, you know, she doesn't want to, like, have her back in the house or anything. But I mean, there are some things wrong with this conversation. I mean, Ethel is not an employee anymore. So Mrs. Hughes does not owe her anything. Mm-hmm. Um and I know Cora's nice, and Cora was never going to let, you know, Ethel just, like, starve and stuff. Like, they're already too deep. But I also didn't appreciate Carson's comment. He's like, well, yeah. Ethel's Ethel's a dumb bitch who shouldn't have let this happen to her, and boys will just be boys. And I'm just like, fuck they you, Carson. They do say Carson. that a lot in this Absolutely. Episode. He legit says that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, first of all, fuck you. Um, they say but, that a lot in this episode, that, like, what men do is not as important as what women do in terms of this because like obviously men can get away with having sex with people and not resulting in a child that they have to take care of and yeah. so like it makes sense that you know this is yeah. the kind of view that he would have he doesn't have any other it's not like he's a feminist view or something you know it's just not nope. it's just not the way it is right now so yeah, very, very traditional and uh, incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're also like, what can we do? And Miss Cora's like, well, maybe I could, you know, see where Major Brian's at. And maybe we can convince him to come back to Downton so that we can make him confront it again. Which didn't work before. Yes. I don't know why it's going to work now, but sure. Okay. Again, um, not sure why we're still focused on Ethel and why we still care. But apparently we still care. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Downton, for telling me what I'm supposed to care about because I haven't <laughs> quite, I haven't quite figured it out. So thank you. Um, so Jane um, just talks to. Now we have Jane. Robert's eating alone. Yeah, giving Robert his lunch or something, and they just talk about her son, and he asks questions about him and how he wants her son wants to go to school, um, at a, like a nice school. And he's like 12, so he's going to try to get into a good academy or something like that. And uh, Robert's just interested. She's just asking her about it. And it seems that they're, yeah. they've developed some kind of relationship from this. It seems that he trusts her and he likes her a lot. Um, at, you know, yeah, at he's this... sitting alone. He uh, he needs someone to talk to. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he offers, he very sweetly offers to uh, send in a recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. for her son to the school that he's trying to get into, which I guess he needs to, he needs to pass some sort of test or, you know, get invited or get accepted into or something. I mean, um, he's not of high birth, so it's probably a lot more difficult for him to get into, but she does say that her true. son is really good at math. So it could be that he just can get in on skill instead of his birth. True. You true. know, cause she's just a maid, um, you know, so. Yeah. And she's just, you know, she's thanking him. She's, she, they're just being chatty and Carson. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I get so annoyed by Mrs. Hughes and, and Carson when they just like butt into these things. Cause they're just like, get out. <laughs> I'm just yeah, like, they're like, they're you're just not chatting. doing your job. You're talking to Robert. And he's like, did she bother you? Did she talk her mouth off? And he's like, no, I'm, you know, no, but it's not like I was he inquiring. Even... Yeah. It's like. Why would, you know, you think that she was talking her mouth up? It's just so, you know, and Robert doesn't really even stand up for her, but anyway. Um, 
then we have Ethel again um, with her chonky baby uh, talking to Mrs. Hughes and um, they're just like, okay, what about if Lord Grantham said, well, Major Mustache did this, um, you have to, you know, take, you have to do what's right and marry Ethel or whatever. Um, yeah, and- basically hoping that the the people who are higher up in class, higher up, higher up in society will hopefully get listened to. Like if Robert, like mm-hmm. basically hoping that Robert can force this guy to, to do the right thing. Yeah. And like, obviously that is like a possibility, but it's like, why would Robert even get involved in this in the first place? This happened under his roof, but it's like, it it's not necessarily his business and, and they know that. So it's not necessarily something that can happen. Although Cora did you know, inquire after Major Mustache anyway, so. Um, yeah. But then then Mrs. Hughes says to Ethel, well, you know, why don't you just move to a big city and invent, uh, you know, who you are for everyone. You can just start over. You can say you're a war widow if you want, and, and not like anybody's going to know you and not believe you, right? So it's like, sure. Like, you know, she made a mistake, and I guess she could live like that if she wants to. <laughs> it's, it's, you know yeah i mean i think ethel's just you know it's it's really interesting seeing this really big turnaround with her because you know when she was first at downton she was very talkative very outspoken like this won't be my life i don't want to be here like I, i've got big plans for myself and yeah. now that she has an out but you know she has a child now so she has a child to think about it's i i can definitely see her being scared and and probably wanting to just be dependent upon people to help her because she just maybe doesn't know what to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, but she can't, she can't rely on them. Like she doesn't work for them. They don't have to be doing this for her. Mm-hmm. She just needs to buck up and figure it out. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, obviously it's hard for her to get jobs, but if she, you know, she could, she could do what Mrs. Hughes said and, and move and uh, maybe get. Yeah. And just start, start over. Yeah. But we'll see. find Find someone who might, who might, do something nice for you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have uh, a telephone call from Mr. Bates. It's his lawyer, which means something is not going the way that they <laughs> wanted to. But what else surprise, is new? Surprise. Did we ever? Did we ever think anything would be okay? No. Yeah. Um, and then Thomas tells Mr. Carson that Mary was looking for him, and he's like, "Well, when were you going to tell?" <laughs> me about this yeah i love that that thomas kind of doesn't have to he doesn't have to answer to mr carson and he loves that like he loves that he's not a servant in the household and you know yeah it's it's kind of nice to see mr carson get all fumbled about stuff sometimes yeah he's like we're just gonna keep the secret all day and he's like meh and he's like thomas and he just like (laughs) you know yeah thomas Okay, then we have a conversation with Edith and Patrick. Um, so yes. this guy, again, is so insistent on saying to, to Edith, you don't recognize me. This is making me feel horrible. I came here all the time growing up. We were great friends, right? And Ethel's, or, sorry, Edith's like, oh, you know, she kind of realizes that this is, this is Patrick crawley who died on the titanic in the first episode might i add yep Um, yep and that he's back from the dead so this is a giant revelation um this the desperation in this person's voice i mean i just have to 
just play a little bit of the way he sounds because it's just it's really intense and uh really really dramatic yeah his 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 voice was very off-putting it, I, it is i didn't like it i've just been hoping you'd realize without my having to spell it out but patrick's dead uh, drowned on the titanic of course this must be very hard for you That's ridiculous. Okay. So, yeah, like, he, his voice doesn't, so he's, okay, for one thing, he sounds Canadian, which is kind of weird. Like, he doesn't even try to put on an accent. He's just like, I'm, I sound like I'm Canadian because we're going to learn later that, you know, why and all that, but. So, and then, and it's, it's just, it just, it, it never seems to add up. Like, he, he asks why you don't recognize my voice, but says that it's because I sound Canadian that you probably didn't recognize it. It's like, why didn't you not put this, put these things together before? Like, why are you insisting that she recognize you? Yeah. And Even though you're completely disfigured, like, we cannot see any features of what you used to look like whatsoever. Like, there's nothing. Yes, no features in your face, no features in your, your mannerisms, your voice. Like, everything has changed, and you are so insistent that she should be able to recognize you that it... it and it just and it just continues like this. Like, like I, I definitely have definitely have more thoughts later as, as more things get uncovered, Reveal. question mark, <laughs> yeah. in quotes. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mr. Bates just got off the phone with his lawyer. It's not good, apparently... Uh, Vera is saying that um, he he paid, paid her, her to to divorce him, and right. that's like different in the in the court. I so mean, like they can't. Yeah. I, I get yeah. it. I mean, he paid he paid her all of his like mom's house or whatever and everything so that he she would go away. But then of course she's using it against him, and he goes like basically. <laughs> he goes like I'm a stupid stupid man, and he gets like really upset. And I'm like you. you... <sighs> Oh no! Like he's so. He's, and, <laughs> I just. He's just. He's so sad about it, and <laughs> and like, and I really want to feel bad, but I'm not. I don't, and I'm not going to. He's just not very <laughs> sympathetic. He's just not a very sympathetic no. person, and like, it's the writers it's, just uh, like want him to be. We like he wants us to be so. They want us to be so on his side about these things, and I'm just like. I could care less. It's like I'm honest. not. You're 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 scum. You're trash. <laughs> you don't well, deserve don't any of that. that. <laughs> but I just like I just you know. No. He's just really angry about Zeph. And of course O'Brien overhears this because she's because O'Brien. So then yeah. we're we're okay. back. Um, should I just play this conversation mm-hmm. here with the with the whole uh, situation? Um. Um. Sure. Why not? I think it'll it'll it's, it's, help. It's kind of one of the bigger points of the episode, like just more of the I don't know things that are happening. Yeah, it propels that situation forward. I was on the Titanic. That much is true. But I was pulled out of the water by Fifth Officer Lowe, the only one of them to come back. At least that's what they said later. When I properly came round, they misidentified me as Canadian and shipped me up to Montreal. I don't understand. Why didn't you just tell them who you were? Because I couldn't remember. 
I don't know if it was the blow to the head or the, the shock or the cold, but I had no memory. As far as I knew, I was Canadian. So what happened? Well, I had no reason to go back to England, so in the end, I took my name from a gin bottle, and then in 1914, I joined Princess Pat's infantry. And what changed? I was caught in a big explosion at Passchendaele. When I woke up, it all came back. Suddenly, I knew who I was. I began to call myself Patrick again. Why not your whole name? And why didn't you send a message at once? I nearly did. And then I heard that Downton was an officer's convalescent home. I thought that if I came here and you knew me, the hard part would be over. But we didn't know you. Precisely. I... Okay. So everything he's told us so far is something that could be something that somebody would learn about the heir of Downton. Knowing that he died in the Titanic. Knowing that even possibly knowing that Matthew was caught up in an explosion. It's or it caught in some kind of situation where he can't be the heir anymore. So some, somehow he's known all this and got all this information and is now saying all these things that make him sound like he's the real Patrick. Yes. I mean, Edith is definitely very... She's... She's quick to take it. Like, she's convinced. Oh, yeah. She's totally convinced. Um, I mean, he's he looks sad. And like, Yes. He's yeah. very convincing. He's very sad. His voice is very off-putting, but Edith is just... She's just taking it all. Um, and it... And it kind of gets a little personal, because apparently Edith had was in love with Patrick, and he kind of mm-hmm. plays to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. He does. Um, yeah. Saying that, you know, this is... This is the man that you loved. Um... Maybe that's only info that Patrick would know. The real Patrick. I don't know. Right. Or somebody who knew it's Patrick. Really, as we find or out. somebody who knew Patrick. Yeah. Um, it's. But that that's still that's still very specific. Like, I mean, if Edith really didn't tell anyone or acted upon it, uh, I mean would they really know if Edith actually loved loved him unless she told she confided in someone and then they confided in them like I don't really know well I like, think like if if in the future like it's if this is somebody who was close to Patrick the real Patrick maybe that real Patrick told this person all about growing up in Downton saying something like oh well Mary was supposed to be the one who I would marry is supposed to be the one but I've always found that Edith has a soft spot for me and even just saying something like that simple would allude to the mm-hmm. fact that she's actually the one who's in love with him and not Mary or whatever. Like she's also in love with him, you know, like it's just that mm-hmm. that kind of like off off remark talking about growing up at Downton, you know. Yeah, just those subtle hints that could mm-hmm. give the story away. Um, seeming to be very convincing, but uh, still unsure. It's still a very up in the air. Um, yep. We have a uh, mopey Matt going out for another walk. <laughs> mopey Matt, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mary's just telling him about the giant house that they're going to probably get. And Matthew, um, 
Matthew, I, I should actually play a little bit of what Matthew says here because it is the saddest shit I've ever heard. I mean, he would just... He's talking about how Carson was probably gonna go with Mary because Carson loves Mary so much. Um, and we'll just yeah. go from there, I guess, here. I didn't have to marry him, you know. Yes, you do. I thought for a moment that I was an argument against your marriage. I should jump into the nearest river. And how would you manage that without my help? Well, I'd get you to push me in. <laughs> Seriously, I can only relax because I know that you have a real life coming. If I ever thought I was putting that in jeopardy, I'd go away and never see you again. You don't mean that. But I do. I am the cat that walks by himself, and all places are alike to me. I have nothing to give and nothing to share. If you were not engaged to be married, I wouldn't let you anywhere near me. Oh, God. It's so sad. So, Matthew definitely knows that Mary still has feelings for him, obviously, and... I think it's also that um, he kind of has feelings for her as well, and, like... True. Yeah, definitely, you're right, like, he, that, from saying that, he knows that there's some kind of connection between them, and if it weren't for the fact still, that she's engaged, that, and that he can't have yes. kids, like, he's ineligible at the moment. Yes. Yeah, he wouldn't want to give her a life that she can't have, and he wouldn't want to be an obstacle keeping her from having a life that she can have that's proper and with a husband and a house and kids and stuff and whatever. But he just completely, like, reduces his self to just, like, a loner. A loner cat walking around with nothing to give. Yep, he says, you know, I meant I meant to, uh, to, to be a spinster. Uh, He's alone so, by myself. He's so sad. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. He really is sad. Oh, we are we are not getting through this episode quickly, dude. We are we 40, are not forty five minutes in. Oh no, we need to get going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So again, just, just Richard's another... just talking to Cora now, and he's just like, "Is this going to be a problem for me? Like, is she like is she still in love with Matthew?" and Cora's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> and he's the one um, who brings up to Cora that, you know, if you want Mary to have children, then maybe it's time we bring Lavinia back to completely derail oh, Rich Matthew. Richard. Okay, I didn't, I didn't quite understand that. I guess that it was Richard's idea to bring Lavinia back to get the two lovebirds back together speaking of lovebirds um, is everybody's favorite couple branson and sybil we have their one scene in this episode again <laughs> yep yep uh now whenever I, I see him i just think about the the czars dying and all the, the royal family dying and, and it really does mirror this episode <laughs> with anastasia because this guy who comes back, Patrick is, like, basically Anastasia-ing this shit. Like, I was like, oh. Yeah! He's calling an Anastasia. He is! Um, so oh Sybil just So they're says, just talking about their relationship. Yeah. Um, she's asking for more time. Like, I, I need the war to be over. I need to not have to, you know, 
worry about, you know, soldiers and, yeah, worry, basically. So she's like, can you give me, like, two more weeks? And he's like, I'd wait forever. I love you. Run away with me. Um, And that's the end of that. And then Tom is, like, talking about the demand for food because everything's being rationed. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, like, found a guy to to get this stuff from. He just needs money. Not sure where he's going to get this money from. It... He's like, I'm going to borrow it. And she's like, well, it's a risk. And he's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a, it's a conversation I don't necessarily care about. So it's just <laughs> whatever. We're, we're going through. Um, Then Robert is talking to, um, he's got a nice new suit on. Um, he's got he's a fancy new suit Bates. that all the chaps are wearing in London. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And then I guess. And, uh, Bates is a little uh, yeah. unfocused. He's a little spacey. Well, spacey, because some shit's going down with his wife, obviously. Um, then uh, this is when Edith tells Robert about Yes, she's like, we need to talk about, about Patrick. Patrick. He's the real deal. Um, you need to talk to him. Like, he, he could very well be Patrick Crawley. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is important. Um, Carson's measuring all the, the silverware... <laughs> Yeah, another random conversation where Mary just is like, I hope you come with me to my new place. I, I see Sir Richard yes. ask you, like, we're just, we're just gonna go, we're just gonna go through this one. It's not really that necessary. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I love you. You're, you were a father to me. You should definitely come with me to, to my new house. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, you talk to Robert and you tell me how he responds and then I'll think about it. Like, he's just... He's just telling everyone to ask everyone so that he doesn't have to answer because he doesn't want to go. Like, yeah. he's not going to go. It's so clear that he doesn't want to go. And, like, Mary is clearly pushing him. Then exactly. Robert, Robert talks goes to, Patrick. to visit Patrick. Yes. With some degree of speculation, completely not for some the, complete, full yeah, degree. <laughs> full, you know, rather than Edith just taking him by his word, he's skeptical, right? And. Basically, like, he just tells him what he told Edith, and he kind of does this, like, weird tick where he, like, I guess rubs his face or something, and it, like, something that Patrick would do? Is is that... Yeah, he does, like, a... He does, like, a... I don't, I don't know what he does. He, like, he, like, runs his finger across his mouth, like, in a very specific way. And... Yes. And but you know Robert Robert's given him the given him the one two he's like he's like you're gonna call me Lord Grant I'm like no Robert's here like we're not we're not family I don't know you um, and which yeah. again all of this could have been avoided if someone would have actually met him when he arrived to close this all out not to have it all escalate like this and have Edith get into a get into a, a I don't even know like a I don't know the word like. She's getting all she's getting all hyped up about this. She's like, "This is Patrick. I love him." Well, of course. Like, I mean, if you were Edith, you probably wouldn't think somebody was lying about this. You probably would just like take them as they are, and because she's been meeting all these soldiers and people, and this is somebody who she actually cares about, and still, everything that this person has been saying is something that he might learn from Patrick himself. He might have learned from Patrick when he knew him in life instead of being actually Patrick, right? Doing the thing with the hand and discussing, you know, all the things, what it was like to be in Downton, which we're going to get to other conversations. Um, yeah. 
And he's so like, and, uh, you don't recognize me, you don't recognize me, in a Canadian accent and not wearing, like, not looking entirely, like, looking at all what he looked like. Like, I think, I don't think this person, like, really has the grips of reality if they do. Just trying to, like, make people feel really guilty by saying, you don't recognize me, you don't recognize me, instead of, like, seeing it from their perspective. Yeah. You know? Am I truly a stranger to you? You don't recognize me at all? I thought we were family. Like, it's... I mean, that's... It's, I want to see what he does again with his with his hand. He does this thing like this. He basically puts his finger oh, on it oh. and, like, does like that, which I, I did. So basically, he just, like, runs his finger across his lips and, like, puts his, his finger on his lip. That That's it. Um, yeah. And this is... Yeah. Okay, then okay. Violet has a conversation with uh, Isabel about yes. what to do. And I think... We should play it because it's pretty funny. <laughs> yes. Um, she has the perfect to... idea to get Isabel off of Downton's back. Children laid up with the disease. But they're making such advances now, aren't they? Now, could we talk about the lecture program <laughs> for Downton? We, we must, we must. If only I wasn't haunted by those women whose jobs <laughs> will be snatched from them when the boys come home. But we have to find work for our heroes, don't we? That must be our priority, mm. however hard that might sound. Mm. As you say. And what about those wretched refugees? What will become of them? Ah, uh, now you've struck a chord. Have I really? Oh, thank, oh, thank heaven. heaven. What do you mean? Mm, nothing. <laughs> Only the thought of this poor men and women flung across Europe, far from their homelands, and so much in need of your help. My help? Why do you say that? When it comes to helping refugees, your experience renders your value beyond price. One of the organisers said those words. Which organiser? I forget. <laughs> She's so funny. Um, I just, you know, that whole conversation basically just, like, trying to get her to lead her to care more about refugees instead of um, continuing the classes and stuff. At yes, and it, and it seems to have worked because uh, she's like, well, I can't do, I can't run Downton and do the refugee things at both. And she's like, you're right. And she's like, I have to leave and think this over. You've, you've given me a great deal to think about. And Violet's <laughs> very happy with herself. Yeah, she's done what she's supposed to do. I love Violet so much. She's just, she's just the most, the best character in this show for sure. <laughs> she's great. I'm glad that she's kind of just turned into this like quirky fun granny and not so like stick up her butt now because she's she was very she was a lot the first couple episodes you're right um but she's really coming around and then robert's just talking to mary about taking carson away and uh yes you know he's like well what do you think mr bates again asking the help what they think and uh mr bates is like i think carson should decide (laughs) for himself True. I mean, it's really whatever Carson wants. If Carson wants to leave, then Robert should be okay with it. But if he doesn't want to leave, he doesn't have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robert's going to bring up Patrick at dinner. Um, they have like a little family meeting. <laughs> Very serious. Very serious. Um, and they kind of just go back and forth about like how this could be, this could be the guy, or or it couldn't be because. Pretty much at this point, Edith's heard an earful of it, and she's mm-hmm. already very invested. 
Uh, Robert's still very skeptical um, and kind of has his own thoughts and everyone's just kind of talking it through. Matthew's like, he sh- th- like cool, Patrick Crawley's back. I shouldn't take over Downton because I can't even walk because I'm, I'm only half a man now. So <laughs> yeah. just, uh, I don't deserve Downton anymore. Yeah. Uh, Mary's like, Mary's like, why is he even here? Get him out of here. He's obviously not him. He's he's a scammer trying to trying to play the family. And uh Yeah, it's very stressful. Just, like it's a stressful yeah. situation for them because it does change everything and they'd rather just forget about it. They'd rather just not even inquire to him. I don't know what the like the viewer is supposed to think at this point, because I was like instantly skeptical of this person. Um, but like, I think we're supposed to sympathize with him and with Edith in this particular episode and the family's being like, really like kind of feisty about it is not nice and not good. But I mean, if I were them, I would also be very skeptical about it. So, you know, it, it's not necessarily like greed. It's also like, what is the the validity of this? We should continue to figure out, basically, you know, figure out if it is him or not, because we don't have any proof. Yeah. So basically, Robert says that he'll inquire, he'll reach out to his lawyer, um, and he'll inquire about this guy's past, see if there's any any friends of his or people who might who might know the story as well because they, they definitely can't take this one man's account i mean um, i think that's the proper thing to do this guy should have come with any kind of uh personal references that would support his story and uh, you know obviously he's alone but it's like you could have come up with somebody who who would be able to support you would be able to give you personal references right so then we find yeah. out uh, O'Brien's talking to Cora that, or sorry, um, Mrs. Hughes is talking to Cora that um, Major Mustache has been killed. So he cannot be uh, it helped to the baby at all. <laughs> he's, yes, he's they're being a very uh, they're being very cryptic because O'Brien's in the room, um, and so they're saying like, so, so Mrs. Hughes, please tell your friend that we could not get in contact with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and but O'Brien, uh, O'Brien ain't dumb. She, uh, she knows what's what. She's like, oh, Major Mustache, wasn't that the man that Ethel was, uh, was uh, sweet on, was keen on? Yeah, sweet on. And and Cora's like, yeah, of course, O'Brien, you you got it, hundred <laughs> um, yeah. percent. And uh, another one is huge lamps. Jane, yeah, giant lamps. <laughs> Jane comes into the library, and uh, Robert's there. He's obviously not in the best of spirits with uh, all that's going on. And I don't know, I kind of got like a weird feeling from Jane in, in, in like a scene in this, uh, not this scene, I think, but in another scene. I don't know. Like right there, like, I guess. This she, one. She, she, yeah, she looks she, out back at him because she's She like... looks like a bit too longingly at Robert. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, Jane, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, and we got the, we got the troublesome two again. Yep. Um, Edith and Patrick, Patrick are out for a walk. Oh, with our, with our new character here, the, the Greek, the Greek outdoor space thing, the Greek outdoor space. (laughs) They're taking a little walk, chatting, chatting Um, about like growing up and like making fun of the governess. But like Edith was the one who brought it up. 
Like Edith was like, Edith oh, do you was not letting him governess? say anything. This is where mm-hmm. I was like, this dude's this dude's a fake because he's not saying anything. He's just like he's saying, oh yes, that person. Oh yes, this to everything Edith says. Like he yeah. doesn't say anything of relevance. He doesn't. Like, he doesn't say anything that makes you believe him. He doesn't come up with any new information, and because he says, "Oh, I know things that only Patrick would know," and it's like, "What? What stuff?" And then doesn't say it. Like he never says it. Anything about your family? Anything like anything in particular that you want to bring up here, dude? Because you know you you're not helping your case. Yeah, like yeah, you better muster something up, like something you whispered to Mary in secret, or something that you you need to fig you need to think of it right now because you are not helping your case. Like just moping and 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 uh, prodding after Edith is not going to help you. Is not going to help you. But it would help a fake person. It would help an imposter. An imposter. Yep. Okay. Um, so then we're back with Ethel. We're telling her the bad news. Um, and she's like, well, how, you know, can I write to the war office? Maybe they'll give me something. And he's, she's like, you're not married. Like, they're not going to, they're not going to listen to you. They don't care if you had they're a They're not going to give you anything. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to give you anything. And, um, she's kind of comparing herself to Jane saying like, well, everybody's so, you know, nice to Jane she has a son and she's unmarried and you know well she was married but her she's a widow and like and she's like well that's not fair and and, you know Mrs. Hughes is like you know the difference is Jane is a respectable married woman and somebody chose to make her a wife and no one chose you and therefore you're gonna have to suffer because that's just the way it is yeah and you're just trying to get something from everyone like because because you feel you deserve it like it's Mm-hmm. It's it's a shitty situation, but you got yourself into this mess, and Major Mustache didn't help by just being an overall asshole. But like it's it, it's done. Like and and I think she also brings up like gonna reach like reaching out to his family and like trying to get herself yeah. in in there as well. Like <sighs> like you're just you're reaching, girl. Like you are reaching. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I think. If if she could get in in touch with maybe his like parents or something like maybe but <sighs> I just don't think and, they but would but really again care. she'd have to prove that they were that they were lovers mm-hmm. that they were together like he would have had to have written her letters or mm-hmm. you know given her something a keepsake of his like yeah. he needed like he yeah. like she would need something or at least like a promise of marriage like if they were engaged or something it would be like oh then the parents would like respect her a little bit more but no like they're not gonna get anything out of her she's just the maid so you know yeah um then you know uh mary and richard carlisle just trying to convince mr carson to you know do do the thing go go be their butthead butler to be be their butthead butler yep (laughs) that's exactly it Um, um i think mr bates is kind of telling robert about his his oh yeah he's like robert's like so how's those how are things going with uh with your ex-wife and he's like well not my ex-wife yet we're not divorced and i can't divorce her because she's a bitch yeah she goes like um, you know she's not yet my ex-wife or better still the late which is it's it's kind of weird that he would say that to robert saying like i noticed that line very clearly which is just like 
Why would you wish her dead? Like, that's not something that you should be saying to Robert or anybody, really. That's not, that's not cool, Mr. Bates. I know you're, like, really mad, but, like, you should I didn't, not I didn't catch wish that people part. dead. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that part, but that now kind of makes things lead up to the end. I know. Which, <laughs> I think that's why they put it in here, because that's definitely something that he shouldn't be saying. He shouldn't be wishing death upon his ex-wife. Like, I know she's a bitch, but, like, dude... Like, yeah. And right here, he says, he says, I have to go visit her and, and reason with her. And Robert says, don't lose your temper. Like, it's just, it's all. Mr. Uh, Bates is not looking like a good dude. He's so, he's got this anger that makes his jowls quiver. And he gets really violent. And I don't like it. And that's why I don't like him. Because he's angry. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's. He's a very, he's a, he's, he's a very stern, like, seemingly not unfeeling but like he's just he's so he's so rough like he's so yeah. he's so hard to get through like you can't you you can't get through to him he's it's rough just, and, and rough he's, and stubborn he's and, not likable he's he, not likable he's not he doesn't have very good self-esteem so you know it's like which i mean that just that just comes from you know his own his own thoughts of himself and his his uh situation i mean he has he has someone who loves him anna's very very loving um again don't really know what don't know what she sees in the man but you know whatever it's fine she can do whatever she wants (laughs) like it's cool yeah it's her choice man whatever um it's just uh yeah and uh what's happening here all the basically they're just talking all the servants are having dinner um they're just discussing the the idea like Branson's just like well you know we should we should have a democracy and then Carson's like no monarchy is the lifeblood of Europe and then uh that's right Branson's like well Mr. Branson Wilson says, would like, say otherwise you know it's like to yeah, the president like of- king, kings and queens will soon be gone or something like they'll be a thing of the past um yeah um, and uh, Mr. Bates and Anne are having their own little conversation, and uh, of course O'Brien overhears, and she's just like, "What are you two chatting about?" Um, <laughs> He's like, "I have business and, in London," and she's like, "Oh well, judge business. Your business doesn't look like it's it's good." And Anna's like, "Butt out, O'Brien." She says, like, "Shut up." The trick of business is to mind your own. That's what she says. Great line. Yeah. Um, a really great line then some good news comes at the 38 minute mark of this this episode um robert comes in and he's like the war is over it it is ended very and, abrupt and like on... he just comes on in and he's like sorry everyone but uh, the war's over yeah and i'm just like I, I i even like paused and i was like huh i'm sorry what <laughs> and it the, the ceasefire will be on 11 11 at 11 o'clock um and I, I, I actually knew that because obviously that's Veterans Day, which is my brother's birthday. And uh, what? yeah, you know, November 11th. And um, it, it they at 11 o'clock, like it's all 11s. It's, it's like a good, it's a good time. <laughs> the end of oh, wow. the Great War. Um, And so he's like, we're going to have a celebration. We're like, we're going to have a moment of uh recognizing the end of the war when the crocs the clock strikes 11 and you're all welcome to come so they're yes. just all cheering and t- drinking and it's it's really cute 
having a good old time. And uh, here we got Cora, Violet, and Isabel again meeting up with Mosley, who's always just hanging around. <laughs> um, Serving the little and, cro- uh, croquettes or whatever. <laughs> and I think Isabel basically just says, uh, like, uh, I, I can't I can't run Downton for you for the for the community center, the recreational center. Yeah. Um, She's like, I know I told you I was going me. to, but the I, refugees. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's basically the gist of this. And then they ask Mosley again. And he goes, fate will be fate or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Like, thank you, Mosley. Thank you for that. we hear that she's going to be, like, helping, I guess, at the refugee center only because um, Violet has set her up uh, to do so by giving a small donation to them, being like, can you help me out, please? <laughs> Right, and Cora is very appreciative. She said, "Thank you." I might—I know I don't say it enough, or something, or I might not be sincere <laughs> all the time, but thank you, sincerest thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Edith and Patrick again. Um, he says stuff like, Patrick "No gets one believes a little, me uh, except for you." Yeah, Patrick Ugh. gets a little, you know, mad. He, yeah. he gets a little frustrated. He's like, "No one believes me." His his eyes get really bulgy. I just um, want him to think about what it's like for everybody else in this situation. I know that he is completely upset about the situation, but like he looks completely different. He sounds completely different. It's like, what do you think? What like what? What did you think was gonna happen that they would all just recognize you? Like. That's not the reality of what would happen because, like, they haven't seen you for years. Yeah. It's been a really long time, and you're older, and you don't look the same. Like, it's yeah, it's it's not it's not well thought through. Like, it's it's. I mean, he yeah. he is like obviously like he probably wasn't going to have some kind of plan in place because he got you know he got a really bad. He got in a really bad explosion, so, like, he was just thinking about his own life and everything that's going on with him. But he's getting very frustrated with everybody in the family, and it's like, I, you really got to see it from their perspective. Provide proof on your end, like, anything, yeah. like, something. I mean, I don't know what, <laughs> you got to show them that you're that actual person. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, Brian is talking he, he about to give him something went directly to the you know to the to the train to go to London and everybody's like stay out of it Mrs. Bates Mr. Mrs. whatever O'Brien <sighs> okay um um oh and is, is this the only oh, other scene with Daisy I think it is I I think she gets she gets really upset here should I should I play it or do you want to does, does Jane bring up like the pension again or something or the the benefits or something yeah I don't know. Let's just let's just play it. Okay. Daisy, I wish you'd let me tell you about it. There's no point. No point in what? Jane keeps making out I'm a war widow, but I'm not, am I? You all know that. I married William on his deathbed. That don't count. Of course it counts. I don't think so. And I wasn't good to him. He thought I loved him, but I didn't. Not like he loved me. I should never have married him in the first place. Only you Marrying would... him was a great kindness. No, it wasn't kind. It was wrong. Oh, God. Daisy. It... <sighs> no one's going to convince her. I don't know why they, they keep trying. 
they keep they keep trying to tell her what she did was actually really nice and she's like no it was horrible it was the worst sin i could ever commit and it's like you you're hardly committing a sin you you genuinely liked him as a person it's not much different than being in love with him let's be honest <laughs> You know? Yeah, I mean, it just, it's such a, it's just, it's just something that you don't know if it'll ever be fixed. It's like, extremely it's, but I'm black tired. and white. It's just, it's just I'm, way. I'm tired of hearing it. Like, it's, it either needs to get resolved soon or I'm going to flip a table. Like, it just, it, <laughs> I need, I need some resolution here. Like, I don't want to keep hearing Daisy say the exact two lines. It was a lie. I was never good to him. Blah, 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 blah. Like, just, yeah. we need to get, we need to get through this. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bates walked back from the station because he's so, he felt so sorry for himself. He apparently got in some kind of scuffle because he has a, um, he has a He has like a face. scratch on his eye. Yeah. He, he's back from London already. He, he met with his wife. And he's back. He he didn't want to wait for someone to come pick him up from the station, so he just walked. And Anna Anna sees the sees the scratch on his face or whatever, or the punch. I don't even know what that is. Um, it went very badly. So yes, apparently it did. Yeah. Um. Then there, Mary's just having a discussion with all the ladies about how and and Matthew um, and Robert about how <laughs> <And> <laughs> I just saw them in the screen about this this whole. Uh, idea that Patrick is not who he say he he says he is, and um... yes, but they have some more info. Robert was able to get some info. Mm-hmm. Um, they find out that um he was going as or t- there was someone named Pete Gordon as well or mm-hmm. something. Like basically, the first thing they say was somebody was pulled out from the cold water and. Yes. but then they're like yes. some people say they died some people say they lived so that's there's conflicting accounts on that and then they're like okay there yeah. was a somebody named peter gordon um who worked with patrick at the foreign office and then immigrated to montreal in 1913 so this is somebody who would have known about patrick and somebody who they worked with right and they're like okay Possibly this Peter person is impersonating Patrick because he saw an opportunity yes. and he he took it. Um, yes, like he met he met up with Patrick Crawley, maybe got to know him or you know, and then and then Patrick eventually like so the way they're seeing it is that Peter Gordon was you know hanging around Patrick, but then Patrick died. Like Patrick did die. Like he made it somewhere and then eventually passed or something. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he decided to to take over his his identity Patrick I think Crowley. the idea that he got disfigured would make him seize the opportunity that's what they're saying because yes. of that opportunity um yeah like it's just odd to me that he has an accent when he like he has a Canadian accent instead of a British accent to me, it's, like, strange that he would, even after six years of living in Canada and then suddenly remembering who he he was, that he would get rid of his accent. Like, I feel like the accent would come back or it would just, like, be sprinkled in here and there, but it's not at all. Like, he sounds completely Canadian. Um, 
I just don't yeah, think amnesiacs lose their accents when they get, you, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not something that happens. Like, you're going to have the accent that you know you have because that's how you learned how to speak. Right? Like, <laughs> you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't have a new voice. Like, you wouldn't, like, start over, like, yeah. and imitate other people. You would just talk with the voice that you already have. I don't know. <laughs> some people say that, know. like, some kind of amnesia are, like, some kind of, like, um, head injuries. Like, people speak different other languages. Um mm. I think it's all just, like, in the brain. I mean, maybe maybe he did get hit and then his brain, like, reverted to an, a Canadian accent because that's where he, he was. But anyway, the fact that this person has a friend or knew somebody named P. Gordon, Peter Gordon, previously that Patrick knew, I mean, that's kind of like a smoking gun to me. It's not like it's, like, a very common name, to be honest. And it's like, this person worked with them so they probably yeah. knew a lot about them um, probably but you know and it's then... still very inconclusive the family's very divided about it mm-hmm. um well i mean it's really just just edith, edith and everybody like, else. edith against the world basically yeah she's like trying to you know say things like well he knows this stuff and then mary's like he knows all about this because what else would it be like growing up here also if he heard it from Patrick himself, why wouldn't he just regurgitate what he remembered about Patrick? It's it's just like, I get it. Yeah, it's like anyone can kind of make up what life would be like in, in, an, in an estate like this. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and just generally being a kid, like making fun of people, you know, whatever. Yeah, not liking governess. the governess, having a pony, yeah, birthday just, parties, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It's like, of course, but what else? <laughs> you know. Um, then Matthew's just telling... Robert, I still feel the same way. Then we have our favorite um, outdoor Greek area um, where Edith is just talking to Patrick and she's like, I don't think they really trust you very much right now. And, you know, he's like, she brings up Peter and he kind of is like really vague about it. She's like, very vague about it. Did you know he moved? And he's like, I didn't know anything until a few months ago when I reverted my head back. And the fact so. that the fact that Edith just because because at the end of that family meeting, Robert's like, let's just be polite to him, but but no more, no more putting ideas in his head, Edith. Like he yeah. t- he tells her not to, and you know she just goes straight to talking to him again, telling him like where what everyone's thinking, and she's like, things aren't looking the best for you. You really need to, like, who's this Pete Gordon guy? Like you need to fess up or something, or you need to do something, but. He's just he's saying just, everything. I guess he's to just starting her... to give up soon. Yeah, he's starting to give up. So he's like, I guess the lesson is you can't go back to who you re- who you were before. And Edith's like hearing this and like totally sympathetic to him. Um, but he's playing on her sympathies, like totally. So yeah, you know, it kind of it makes you wonder if it's all an act because of how much he's playing to her sympathies. Yeah. All right, one one AirPod has died. I got I got one left. Oh boy, so, uh, we're gonna make it. So, okay, the, we'll see short answer: Mrs. Hughes talks to Mr. Carson about leaving. Mr. Carson said he's going to. Okay, that's that's it. And then Wait, she says, "I'm gonna miss Mr. Carson." Carson says he isn't gonna go. No, he says he's going to go, and she says, "I will miss you." 
He says he goes? He I totally missed said. this. Yes, he says. <gasps> oh, God. Jesus. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> Carson's going to go. Okay, okay. That's what he says. It, she, he says, oh. I suppose you'll miss me. and then, Or you, you won't miss me. And she goes, I'll miss you very much. And he says, Of course that. you'll miss him. Yeah. Like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Because, you know, he's he's kind of a bully sometimes. Okay. Um, then everybody's at dinner and... Um, is it, is this where Richard shows up oh, late yes, or something? Richard, like, wasn't he supposed to come back? Yes. Yeah. He comes late. There he is. Um, um everyone had finished eating already. Um, oh, and brings. He Lavinia. said that he got stuck. Yes. He, yes. He he says he brings up a ruse and says, "Oh, my cart got stuck," and oh, I ran into Lavinia. What a surprise! Here she is. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I thought you were expecting me." And then Cora's like, "Yes, we were expecting you." Um, why don't I go wheel Matthew into the library and you guys can go hang out? Um, and yes, discuss. Yeah, we'll bring you some food. We, we've already eaten, but, but, uh, we can bring him some food, and, right? And Carson's like, Meh. And Robert is giving Cora the death stare. He is so fucking mad about this. He's like, Cora, how could you? Like, he is definitely getting on the level with Cora where it's like he is unhappy with her right now. And he, he says that to her later. Lavinia's talking Robert? to Matthew. Yeah, Robert. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lavinia's talking to, to Matthew with just hope and sparkle in her eyes. Just like, I love you. I want to will you around for the rest of my life. I don't care what, what yeah. you say or what anybody else says. And he's like, well, what if I, you know, think otherwise? And she's like, I, I'm gonna love you no matter what. I'm sorry. You, you've lost this argument. <laughs> so... Um, this is what he says. I guess I'll I'll play. Oh, this. I remember this. Yeah, I'm gonna play it because he's very angry with Cora. Before you scold me, it's no good pretending Mary is not a good deal too attached to Matthew. So you summon Lavinia to be sacrificed like some latter-day Iphigenia doomed to push his chair through all eternity. Robert, it's quite simple. Do you want Mary's marriage to be a success? Do you want grandchildren? Sometimes, Cora, you can be curiously unfeeling. Ooh. The fact that Cora can just, like, get these ideas put in her head. Like, because of like, O'Brien think about sometimes. It, she's got, yeah. She's got O'Brien whispering to her. She had Richard whispering to her. Like, she does, like, does she have any thoughts of her own? She just, she really just gets fed all this information and she just makes decisions off of what other people tell her. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have this very scary scene. Um, what is, so what did Mary say, like, before this happened? Like, was she, like, gonna go see someone or was she, like... <sighs> no, I think it's, it's the fact that she's been acting this way with Matthew. And he's okay. finally starting to confront her about it. Uh, he says, you know, I have some information about you. And he forcefully puts her up against a wall. And he says, don't Being ever cross aggressive. me. He's don't like, you're like going to be my wife as long as, you know, you never cross me. We're going to be good. And then he gives her a kiss. And it's like, dude. Like, we saw the way he acted with Lavinia. And yet, she didn't. This guy's bad news. Yeah. Like, this guy is, this guy he's is, really aggressive. And he's controlling. He's yes. very, very controlling. So... He's not good. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how Mary's gonna get away from this dude. 
she's gonna at some point not marry him i know i know this for a fact so i know this as well like it's gonna happen like i know for a fact that she's gonna get away from him yeah um but uh so edith comes back in to check on patrick patrick is gone he has left uh sybil says that you know he left her a note um and it just says like it was too difficult (laughs) i'm sorry and he says p gordon so it could either be Patrick or Peter. It's like so fucking vague. <laughs> either I think he left because he was found out and it's like he doesn't want to stick around so that they, you know, put they like press charges or something, you know, cuz Yeah, they I'm I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards it was a scam because because he he wasn't trying hard enough. He wasn't bringing up any history. He was just really playing with Edith's emotions, hoping that if, if he if he could turn one of the family towards towards his side, that he could get the whole family. And he didn't like when when it wasn't working, and he just dipped. Like if yeah. he was truly, he would have tried harder if he was actually Peter Crawley. I'm sorry, Patrick Crawley. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, he yeah, there would have been something else, but maybe he'll come back yeah. in the future. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But for now, he's gone. And the problem is out. The show kind of likes to have open ends. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it'll just never, it'll never come up again. Yeah. Then um, Robert just makes They're going nice, to have the celebration now. Yeah, a nice Like the speech. moment of silence. I'm um, just saying remembrance for everybody who died in the war. Um, and they're all just like, it's kind of like a nice moment uh, that everybody's sharing here. And um, yeah, the clock, the clock strikes 11 and 11 dings are happening. And it's just moving to everyone's like sad faces yeah and then as they uh, as, as they remember all who have fallen yeah uh to yeah. to win this war for them and he's um, it's like a dawn of a new age for sure and i'm kind of glad we're not in war anymore because we need to move this story along <laughs> yeah i'll agree i mean it i mean stuff was still happening even with the war going on but yeah maybe now that we can focus our efforts <laughs> yep um, um, Mr. Bates is Lavinia gonna... was going to push Matthew, yep. but Mr. Bates decides to instead, and uh, okay. Matthew has an exclamation. Matthew, uh, <laughs> Matthew feels something in his he... leggies. Oh, <laughs> I... <laughs> when I was watching this, I'm what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing, nothing. It's it's mean. <laughs> All right, it's fine. It's just Matthew. Matthew might be feeling his legs. He might be feeling his legs. And uh, and now now we'll bring up what I saw in the thumbnail. I saw legs go. I Matthew. saw Matthew standing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so I knew. Give it away. I knew what direction he was heading in. Yeah. Well, I figured that's what you meant when you said you saw yeah. a thumbnail. I was like, oh, it's probably Matthew standing. Um, yeah, it was Matthew standing. <laughs> Robert just says he's going to miss Carson. That's the, that's the summation of that. We're at the end of the episode, everybody. We're going to make it. We're going to do this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Can my AirPod make it? <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to make it. Edith <laughs> is crying at the Greek outer outdoor space. Okay. You, you, said that perf- you said that perfectly every time the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone knows what we're talking about. Um and uh, oh, Mr. Bates oh, Mr. receives a Mr. very Bates distressing telegram for you. <laughs> and he reads it, <laughs> and he's opening it, <laughs> and 
And he says, what does he say? Uh, Anna, oh, he leaves. He gives it to he Anna leaves. to read. And Anna. she says. Anna, she reads it. Does she read it out what loud? His wife's dead. Mrs. Bates is dead. <laughs> the She's wicked witch dead. is dead. Someone killed her just right after Mr. Someone. Bates went to London. Someone. I wonder who. And then we get a shot of her, who her dead body on the ground. Oh. Dude, legit. Mr. Bates killed her. No. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. <laughs> he for sure did. No, he didn't. Come on, Emma. Dude. He didn't do it. They he went... killed her. No. It's good. It oh, looks man. like he did, but he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> killed her. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter if he didn't because he did and he's gonna and he's gonna get accused for it and, and he's gonna go to jail and again. him and Anna can never be together. Like it's it's of course this would fucking happen to them. <laughs> of course this would fucking happen to them. <laughs> so you're infuriated, is that what you is that what you're saying here? You know what? It's uh it's 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 I'm tired. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm tired kinda... of of being frustrated. I know. <laughs> the show. <laughs> I do very much enjoy talking about it, like, every two weeks. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it's, uh, I'm tired. Like, the show is tiring. <laughs> okay. I give this episode six and a half outdoor Greek spaces out of ten. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I give this... I give this, uh... I did I, I did enjoy parts of this episode. I don't know if it was like my favorite, but um I'll probably give it like a five like a five and a half. Five and a half uh um imposters. <laughs> f- familial imposters. Um yeah. at a t- at a ten. That's a good one. I think that's yeah, I think I think that's good. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Did your AirPod make Mr. it? Mr. Bates, Mr. Bates totally killed her. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna find out. Oh. Yes, um, I'm. I'm very interested to see where uh, where this uh, where shenanigans go with uh, Richard Carlyle. He seems like a real dirtbag. I hope Mary can get away from him. Yes. Um, I hope Matthew uh, starts walking by the next episode. He probably will, knowing this show. Yeah, it goes really quickly. Possibly. And, and months go by, and years go by in, a, in the blink of an eye. So, who knows? So that was a that was Downton Abbey. Um, if you enjoyed, if anyone, if anyone listening enjoyed this episode, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. Just search "All by the Popcorn" and like and follow our pages. Um, you could also email us your thoughts. And uh, or just general general um, thoughts and uh, questions and and whatever I don't know and suggestions for future episodes. You can email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail Um, if you want to rate and review our show, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, and we're also on Spotify. And uh, if you need notifications on future episodes, we post all of our new episodes on uh, Twitter at by the popcorn and instagram at all by the popcorn podcast and we also have merch and we have a youtube page 
All by the Popcorn Podcast. And uh, just subscribe to that. All and, right. Uh, that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to go have matzah and butter. Well, that sounds so good. It Thanks is. for listening, everyone. Talk to you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.